Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. Do you think Superman is really a Superman? I think that he's at least a decent man. A reasonable citizen. I think that he is is concerned and, and plugged into his community. That's great. I can finish writing this essay about Superman. Coming to you almost live from the pages of a DC comic book. This is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. We are your hosts. Heroic hosts. Our super heroic hosts. Batmen, if you will. Or we're, we're not really super. No. We're, we, not, we're not as super as Clark Kent is. No. He is, he is a man of, as we already established, great virtue. And, and which we, neither of us can really no, live up to. No, we will steal your wallet. And we'll actually be the person doing the things to you that Superman is trying to prevent. Uh, back in the day, Superman actually just went around preventing petty crime. Yeah. Like that was the, if you watch like the old television, like the really old television series, uh, it was just basically him fighting muggers and bootleggers and stuff. There were no supervillains. No. It was it- just Superman going around punching people who were like, Stealing women's purses. Yeah, and like global terrorism wasn't a thing back then, nope. so like who cares? That's that is what happened. It was a, it was a, it was a different time. It was a simpler time. <laughs> it was, it was a more innocent time. It, yeah, yeah. Now things are dramatically different, and it, actually, a more innocent time with the threat of global nuclear war hanging overhead. You yeah, know, that, simpler times. That whole thing that Gen X had to deal with. Yep, that was uh, <laughs> that was rough. That was really rough. And now what are we worried about? The weather. I guess. Potholes. The upcoming election. The, the, the provincial election, which we will talk about a little bit later on. Um, but the reason we're talking about comics is because um, we are going to be joined later on in the show by two of the young entrepreneurs behind a new comic book store called The Variant Edition. Uh, Brandon and Danica will be joining us. They are the uh, hosts of the Doctor Hooch podcast as well. Yeah, and and so I've only I've only caught clips of it the, on that podcast. And we'll ask them when they're here. They get drunk and talk about Doctor Who, right? Basically, yeah. I love it, that I love that alcoholism <laughs> is a trope in social media. It has become that way. We don't drink before this show usually. No, we we've we've done that a few times, I think. And so every now and then a guest will show up with like some booze. Yeah, and we will. It would be rude. Not to partake. It's important. We are polite. Yeah. Generous. Generous. We're generous. <laughs> We're generous. That's someone who is very generous. There you go. We have just coined a new word. Yeah. So that. So we'll be talking a little bit more about uh, comic books uh, a little later on. But, um, uh, y- you know, uh, before we actually get into the next thing, are, can we talk about the provincial election at all? Are you sure? Are you okay with that? I guess a we little. We won't go into it. I can talk about facts about the provincial election. Okay. Uh, and I will talk about opinions. As is often the case, yeah. uh, due to my position in the uh, mainstream liberal media, yes. as part of that conspiracy. The mainstream Jew run media. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I can't really comment on my political leanings. Um, I try to remain fairly neutral on that on the podcast. Because you never know. I don't want to jeopardize my job. Yeah, so, but we can talk about what we're seeing out there. Yes, and we can wh- do that. What we're seeing out there is a provincial election. That is 
objectively what is happening. Uh, so for those of you who aren't super politically minded, uh, Premier Jim Prentice called an election almost, well, three weeks ago. At, at around the time that we were recording this. Yeah, and, uh, and he had tabled a budget in the legislature and wanted to campaign on that budget. Essentially. And has not done that. Uh, certainly not done that well, one would say. It's been, it's been kind of interesting to watch because uh, on the outside looking in, you've got the, uh, the NDP, uh, who are usually kind of a, a non-quantity. Who are suddenly kind of making a big surge. Yeah. And uh, I think that a lot of people are, are either starting to take note that they might be a viable alternative or are very, uh, at the very least, very aware of them, more so than in previous elections. Yeah, they're, they're actually... They're actually contenders. If you look at the polls, and we could talk, we could do a whole podcast on the validity of these polls, but but consistently, what we've seen, regardless of the methodology, is that there is a three horse race in this in this election campaign between the, the Conservative Party, the NDP, and the Wild Rose. Yep. So it's been kind of an interesting uh, an interesting thing um, because a lot of a lot of the media speculated that this could be a coronation for for Jim Prentice, and we're just not seeing that. Absolutely not. And I think that it's because. Uh, the, I don't know if it's necessarily because the other political parties, all of them, mm-hmm. have managed to successfully uh, present the narrative that this is uh, a tired, uh, aging dynasty that needs to go. Which it is. I mean, they've, and, been, they've and, been in power for 44 years. And that, and that, they, are, uh, th- that they are just unpopular and that Albertans need to realize that it's time to stop just voting for the devil you know and maybe try something new. Yeah. Or if it's legitimately that that is the case. Yeah. Like, I I can't say if it's the political narrative that's being put forward and people are buying it, or if it really just is that Albertans are finally sick of the PCs the way that 40 years ago they were sick of the Socrates. Yeah, it may may well be a a dramatic change, or it may well be a a gradual shift towards the center away from from the right wing. Uh, We'll see. It's going to be a really interesting election. So make sure that you vote on May 5th. Yeah. Because that's really important. Maybe maybe after the election, we'll invite Dave Cornway back here uh, to tell us what the hell happened. Uh, we might need to invite Dave back uh, to tell us what happened. Because right now, I don't know what's going on. That shit's so crazy, it's man. It's true. Shit is crazy. It's, stuff changes every day. Uh, at the time that we're recording this, the justice minister uh, ret- basically... Step down. He yeah. resigned from his position. Yeah, he's uh, he's embroiled. I guess might be the word. It's probably a bit of an exaggeration, but he's he's in a lawsuit, engaged in a lawsuit with his estranged wife. And because uh, he is involved in a in a court case, and he is the solicitor general, mm-hmm. uh, the premier rightly said that could be perceived as a conflict of interest, especially during. An election. Absolutely. So perhaps it's best if he resigned. One of the questions that still hasn't been cleared up at the time that we are recording this is, is he still running in the election? Yeah. We'll, probably by the time you're listening to this, we'll know. Yeah. I would guess he probably still is. It, it'll, it'll be we'll, tough, we'll have though. To see. Yeah. I mean, it's good that it's. I, I suppose from 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 Jonathan Dennis's perspective, that's the uh, the MLA that we're talking about. Um, it's a good thing there's only a week left in this election campaign. Yeah. Am I right about that? Is there a week left? Wasn't it May 5th that it was called? May 5th. Yeah, just a little over a week a little at the time that we're recording this. Yeah. So so that's been one of those things that's been taking uh, up a lot of the uh, the mind space of, of some Albertans anyway. Um, I, I, certainly the most 
politically aware Albertans are, have been talking about it. Yeah, and the rest are grumbling about the fact that we're going through another goddamn election and, and that there's going to be one in the fall as well. Yep, but the federal election, exactly. not the provincial. But granted, if a minority government gets swept into power, quote unquote, here in Alberta, we could be in store for another election in months. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So. I, I, God, I hope not. I really hope not. I would vote. I've gone on record saying I would vote every week if I had to. I guess I would too. Because I absolutely do not mind being part of the uh, democracy that I live in. I don't mind being asked what I think of who's running shit. The only thing that I do care, the only thing that I don't like about elections is how negative they are. I agree. And uh, that is the one thing that I could do without. I think that uh, politicians should spend less time tearing down their opponents and more time propping up themselves and their and their platform. Yeah, describing those ideas. Talking about uh, taking a positive spin and talking about what they would like to do and how they would like to benefit us rather than talking about how terrible their opponents are and how their ideas will destroy us all. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of tired and I think that It's people, easier to throw rocks. It, it is. And and it doesn't it disengages the electorate. It's it, it's often blamed. Negative and, campaigning is often blamed for low voter, voter turnout. And tinfoil hat time. Yeah. There are a lot of people who say that that is intentional. That they use the negative campaigning partly to drive away potential voters because low voter turnout generally benefits the status quo. Well, you ab- I think you're right. And if you're a political party, you want people to vote. Sorry. You want your people to vote. Yep. And you want your anybody else to maybe not bother turning out on election exactly. day. Exactly. And maybe that's the reason why the PCs have been in power for 40 years, because every because the majority of people have been going, eh, I'm not going to vote because it doesn't matter. Exactly. But if that majority of people had turned out to vote, yeah, I'm just going to leave that hang. I, I wish you would. I'm sad that we even have to... Uh, to think about it. It's sort of related to the, the provincial election um, was this really interesting piece of, uh, of viral content that came out last week. A videographer, or sorry, a cinematographer from Calgary named Alex Robinson recreated the House of Cards intro. I literally watched that an hour ago. With uh, with footage from Edmonton. It was really snazzy. Unbelievably done. It's you gotten, should seek it out. It's gotten over 25,000 views at the time that we're recording this on YouTube. And I actually... When I saw it on Thursday, I was so excited about it that I reached out to Alex and I created a side-by-side comparison uh, on video of, of Alex's footage with the original House of Cards stuff. He has basically recreated the intro shot for shot almost to the second of what you see at the beginning of House of Cards. It's astonishing work. And it looks really, really good. Yeah, we'll have those links to this post on our website. There was a comment I saw where they were pointing out that it should be, Tourism Alberta should be using it Yeah. to push Edmonton, basically. Yeah, except for the negativity associated with some of the <laughs> dealings that Frank Underwood uh, sort of engages in. But it's still a, a beautiful montage of the city. Oh, it actually looks really lovely. I, I mean, strip out the music, add some interesting voiceover, uh, and change the music an- anyway. And yeah, you could say some really nice things about about the city we live in. You should say some nice things about the city we live in. Agreed. We are making something, Edmonton. I, I mean, that's what that makes something Edmonton people say. Damn it. <laughs> we are making something. We are right now making something. We're making a podcast. Yeah. And you know how you can support this podcast? Uh, tell me, Scott. You can go to patreon.com slash the unknown studio. Yeah. And uh, 
voluntarily subscribe by pitching us a few dollars per month, uh, we will take any of your money, any yeah. and all of any your money. Any and all of it, absolutely. Because uh, we decided earlier this season we don't want to necessarily go out searching for uh, advertisers. It's a, it's a lot of work. Really. And it's not that we're lazy. It's just that we have other jobs. We do this on the side because we enjoy it and because we hope that you enjoy it. And uh, so we are asking you to maybe give a little back if you want to. Yeah, you don't have to. And uh, voluntarily subscribe to The Unknown Studio. You do get some perks in exchange. Early access to the the content. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we manage to make enough money that we can start making some merch again, we'll maybe pitch some merch your way. For sure. Uh, Stuff like that. So uh, check it out. Support local content creators. And and maybe uh, support the Unknown Studio so that we can continue to make it and maybe make it a little better. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's been been a lot of fun this season. We've, we've, Scott and I have been at this for six years. Six fucking years. Can you believe that? And uh, and it just gets easier and more fun every time we get together. Basically. It's it's awesome, and you should support awesome. Absolutely. So please consider donating. And if you don't, please just keep on listening to our sultry voices. And tell your friends, too, as well. Yeah, because they'll like us. One of the perks, actually, that you can get with a certain uh, monthly donation is a free ticket to our uh, live show, which we're going to bring back uh, this year, at the yeah. end of the year. We are going to end this season... And I think the plan is to perhaps end future seasons as well. I, I hope so, yeah. With a live recording of The Unknown Studio, which is not to say that we don't record it live. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, per se. it's live to tape. Scott does very little editing. <laughs> uh, but uh, you can see us on stage with our guests and some other friends. Friends of The Unknown join Studio, us, absolutely. Uh, to uh, put on a show that hopefully people will turn out to and enjoy. And uh, the proceeds to that, of course, will go towards... Charity. Yeah. Because yeah. we we want to take your money from Patreon, but we're going to take the money that you spend on the live show and we're going to give it to someone else. Yeah. Once we cover our costs, we want to make sure that we're looking after the rest of Edmonton. Basically. That's right. And uh, actually, we do have plans if we start making enough on Patreon to uh, donate some of that money. Exactly. To, to pay it forward and, yeah. and support other Edmonton projects. So Yeah, because we know that we're part of a, a pretty amazing community, actually. And we want to prop it up and... Hopefully be propped up ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> this is all about propping things up. This is all about everyone supporting everyone. Now, that doesn't... This, al- is, this is social media communism. Th- that's right, yeah. Yeah, I guess we are the, the NDP of, uh, of social media. Uh, do we really want to be associated like that? I like Rachel Motley. She's, sure. She's not? a swell dame. Okay. That was the worst thing I could have said. <laughs> kind of, yeah. She is an amazingly brilliant woman. There you go. Uh, sorry, she is amazing. She is an amazingly brilliant person. There you go. I've, I think I'm sorted out now. There, yep. And we're not going to edit that out because people need to know. I need to be held to account. That, yes. Speaking of sexism, yeah. Uh, the Calgary Expo happened a couple of weekends ago. Sure did. And a friend of the Unknown Studio, Brittany LeBlanc, was there. She has been on several episodes of the Unknown Studio in the past. Will likely, let's be honest, be on several episodes in the future. We may even have her on to talk about the very thing we're about to talk about. <laughs> That's right. Um, because Just to get the first-hand account. Exactly. Now, Brittany went down to the Calgary Expo with uh, Bree Emerson, who some of you might know as Philosophreaky on uh, on Twitter. They were part of a panel on uh, women getting into, basically, comics. Yeah, exactly. And they were sort of ambushed by a men's rights group. Uh, who had 
and and this is this comes from my understanding of the situation. I was not there. Uh, from a group that had essentially, uh, I want to say, lied their way into the conference. That's what the uh, that's what some of the, the convention. Rather. Yeah, that's what some of the articles have, have said. They 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 got an exhibitor's table under false pretense, allegedly yeah. false, allegedly uh, false pretenses. pretenses. And they were like they raised a ruckus at this panel, and then uh, the Mary Sue, uh, we'll have the link to that article in in this uh, in this post on our website as well, uh, did a post on their website about what went down, and they and they even went back and looked at some of the the online forums and how this was almost like a premeditated disruption of the Calgary Expo. Yeah, they had planned to go there under false pre uh, under alleged false pretenses, with the intention of uh, basically ambushing people with their message. Yeah. And uh, knowing full well that their message might be unwanted, yeah. but that they were going to push it anyway. Uh, the Calgary Expo, as they put it, politely asked them to leave. That's correct. Because uh, they want a fully inclusive space, and you can bring whatever beliefs you want, but you know what? You have to be respectful of other people. And their argument was that this group was being disrespectful, so they said, please leave. Yep. Um, that was blown a little out of proportion in some corners. There were some people who were saying that they were forcibly ejected or that the Calgary Expo was being really heavy-handed in their dealing of them. But you know what? I'll leave that up to you. We weren't there, yeah. so we can't really comment I will on that. I will say this. The the rules that are written into the exhibitor's guidelines for things like the Calgary Expo and the Edmonton Expo are weighted heavily in favor of the organization putting on the show. So yeah. if you don't want to play by the rules, and those rules, by the way, are subject to change based on the mood, and I'm not suggesting, by the way, that that's what happened in Calgary, but they have they have a lot of latitude to do whatever the hell they want. And if they tell you to leave, you got to go. And they decided um, that these people were causing a disruption and not doing things in the spirit of the expo, so they were shown the door. Essentially, and and the the shitty thing is that after all this went down, Brittany basically became a target online for all of the shitty things that those men's rights activists wanted to say. Yep, and she had to lock down her account, lose her little verification button, which sucks uh, because we care about such things. And I, I I know having spoken with her that it's taken an enormous emotional toll on her. I can't imagine being randomly harassed by people on Twitter about things like the way I look. And uh, it is all, always, 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 always the women who are targeted. That's right. Um, when the, the Gamergate thing first exploded, um, they started targeting a lot of the, the women who were speaking out against them or, or who were just propping up the... Uh, agenda that they were against. Yeah. But they were never really going after the men. And there were a couple men who essentially called them out on this. We're inviting them to treat them the same way that they were treating the women. And they weren't, which is cowardly. Yep. I'll just say cowardly. And and totally sexist. Pretty much. Like, so uh, is this about, what is this about? It's about ethics in game journalism. Oh, of course. Obviously. Yeah. So... That's uh, that's the thing that's going on there, and some of the worst victims of it, like I'm not to not to diminish what Britney's going through because it's very very real and very awful. But like, you look at women like Brianna Wu, um, and and um, uh, why can't I remember her name? Uh, the woman from Feminist Frequency. Oh, Anita Sarkeesian. Anita Sarkeesian, just bearing the brunt of this, like 
if someone tells you enough times that you're shitty, I don't care how resilient you are, that has a profound effect on you. You know what? I have tremendous respect for a lot of the women who've been targeted by this. And uh, I say that as a person who will most likely never receive that kind of vitriol or hate online because I am uh, white and male and straight. So there's that. Um, I have tremendous respect for them because they have been able to uh, keep it together under that kind of harassment and pressure, that they have not broken or bowed to it. Mm -hmm. Shows tremendous strength of character. More strength of character than I think I have. Absolutely. I would fall to pieces. Kudos to them. And and what you know, let us know what we can do to support uh, women or men who are in these positions. Yeah. Um, if that means you know blocking Twitter users or calling them out, let us know. Let the community know what we can do to 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 try and at least mitigate some of this bullshit, which is exactly what it is. Yep. And it's it doesn't only happen with games either. Nope. It's, it does it, not. It's happening in the literary world as we speak. That is correct. So, the Hugo Awards. Uh, are a big literary award given out to uh, science fiction and fantasy. I think primarily science fiction. I think so, yeah. Uh, Every year. And uh, they were hijacked this year by a group, uh, almost almost a a small group, I want to say, that uh, basically gamed the nomination process so Mm -hmm. that they could get a slate of nominees of their choosing nominated in retaliation for what they perceive as... uh, Social justice warriors, we're going to use that term, that's the term they use, uh, hijacking the nomination process over the years to get more progressive uh, science fiction nominated. Uh, and it's it's pretty, it's pretty it's a pretty deep rabbit hole to go down yeah. if, you, if you want to follow it. But essentially, they managed to get a slate of nominees this year nominated who have a more right-leaning agenda, shall we say. And um, there's been a lot of talk that uh, it has fundamentally uh, tarnished the Hugo Awards, that that it essentially makes them no longer relevant because it's now just it's now just politics. Yeah, and, and prominent authors have come out and spoken out against the hijackers. Uh, some of the authors who were nominated have withdrawn their nominations because they don't want to be a ball in someone else's political game. So what happens to something like the Hugo Awards when shit like this goes down? Do they, are they, like, is it even credible anymore? Well, here's an interesting thing about the Hugo Awards, at least. The way that the Hugo Awards uh, works is that um, in order to vote on the Hugo Awards, you have to attend uh, the literary convention that it's part of. I, I believe it's Worldcon. Okay. And uh, you have to be either uh, an attendee or basically a, a supporter of the con, but not necessarily attending. Okay. And then you get the ability to, you get a ballot basically to vote on the Hugo Awards, uh, both a ballot to nominate and then to uh, vote on the nominees for who should win. There is on the uh, voting ballot for who should win the award, a no award uh slot under every category, meaning that you don't think any of the people nominated should win an award that year. And that's been there forever because obviously science fiction tastes vary from person to person. And you might go, eh, I don't really like any of these people. I don't think any of them should win. So no award. And the Hugos, because of the way that they're set up, literally can't do anything about the nominations this year. All they've been able to do is pointedly remind people there is a no award space 
if you don't think any of these people should win. And this is a, a year where it's very possible that there will be very few Hugo Awards handed out. Wow. Unbelievable. Which is mostly a shame for all the people who were very worthy of winning a Hugo Award this year who didn't even get nominated because some people decided that they would rather play politics with an otherwise fairly prestigious award rather than allow it to go to people who are deserving. So, you know, not to not to uh, downplay some of the very real conflicts, physical conflicts that take place in the world, sir, maybe I'm, I'm wondering if in North America, this this whole things like Gamergate and things like what's going on with the Hugo Awards and men's rights groups is is this are we engaged in a culture war right now? And 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 how do you win something like that? Yes, and I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, the It's easy to say, well, this doesn't really matter because it's all just pop culture. But the sad truth is we're affected by pop culture. Yeah. Uh, we are affected by uh, the culture around us and by the media that we consume. And if someone is hijacking that to get across a message, any message, uh, it is important that we be aware of it. And especially if their message is one that is rather hateful, you should be very aware of that. Yeah. And you should be prepared to uh, do something about it, I want to say. Is it it as pressing as people getting killed overseas in terrorism? Maybe not. But that doesn't mean it doesn't affect you. Yeah. And that you shouldn't be aware of it. Yeah, it's true, and it's shitty, and I just want it all to stop, and I understand why, I I don't remember if it was Rodney King asked why we can't just all get along. Why can't we? Why are we so, why are there people who are so upset with with other people about the way they view the world? It just doesn't make any sense to me. No, not only that, why are there people who are so upset about whether or not a game designer decides to uh, put a, a gay person of color as the main character in a video game. Why is why is that such a big deal? How does that ruin your life? Why is it uh, a big deal if a science fiction writer decides that they want to write a story that is fundamentally an allegory about uh, colonialism and how it was terrible for indigenous peoples? That is... That is fundamentally what these what these groups are saying is that that is such a terrible thing that it is that it is so uh, horrifying to them that they would rather tear down everything to get their way and make it so that nobody can have fun rather than than allow this to continue because it somehow personally maligns them. Yeah, they they want to continue to see the world uh, with them as the protagonist in it. And not really think about the consequences of the way, you know, white male culture has dominated everything for the last two centuries. Arguably, some of them think that white male culture is the best culture and should continue to be propped up. Yes, those are called white supremacists. But no, I I mean, I understand what you're saying. And it's funny to me because like, and I think we've talked about this before, whenever I play a video game and I can pick the gender of my character, I never pick a male. And why would I? I walk around like that all fucking day. Yeah. And if I can be in a world where I get to play a female protagonist, why not? Why not? It's it's escapist fantasy. 
Yeah. Why would I not want to play something that I'm not? I, I really, I don't. It's just not a view that I understand, and I don't think I ever will. And, and you know what? Some people just don't like the idea of walking a mile in another person's shoes. I guess so. But what if those shoes are fabulous? And comfortable. And really comfortable. Yeah. Anyway, it's... it's. I think I think they'd be more concerned if those shoes were comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I think they would too. Oh my God, I've, I've been looking at this wrong the whole time. But I mean, it's 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 something that we... we Every now and then we bring up because it, it's out there and it sucks that a lot of people have to deal with it. This has been a heavy episode of the Unknown Studio. It has. But we're going to lighten things up after the break. What Presumably. We, I, I hope so. I really when hope so. When we talk so. about uh, some wonderful young people opening up a new comic book store. Yeah. So uh, What we'll, could possibly go wrong? We'll, we'll find out after the break. So uh, we are joined in the studio now by uh, two out of the three founders and partners of the Variant Edition Comic Book Store, which is is sort of open now. Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, we've got Brandon Schatz and Danica LeBlanc. Hello, Blanc? hi, Blanc? LeBlanc. LeBlanc. And the third partner, of course, is running the store at this hour because somebody has to. Yes, uh, Brandon Capel is our hero of the day. Awesome. Well, we're glad that at least two of you could join us. and and so we're curious to know a little bit about how this whole thing came together. Because Brandon, you know, before Christmas, you were working at, at Wizards Comics. Yeah, absolutely. And what what's so what made you decide to to move on and start your own thing? Part of it was time, um, and the other parts were just you have your own ideas for doing things, and you go to you go to the owner and say, "Hey, I think this would be great and make lots of money." Uh, and he just kind of shrugs and goes, "Yeah, sure, whatever, kid." <laughs> Uh, so now I get to do that to people and it's so much fun. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You're that grouchy old man comic book store owner now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have been warned that now I have to wear shorts all the time <laughs> because <laughs> all comic store owners just wear shorts. And that is a true story. Uh, Jay. Yeah. Of Happy Harbor Comics only wears pants when it is below minus 40 degrees. Yeah. And he has to walk somewhere. That is the only circumstance in which he is wearing not shorts. So what does that mean for you, Danica? Like, are you, are you now, do you have a wardrobe filled with shorts? Um, well, uh, no, but I do have a lot of dresses. Okay. It counts. It counts. It's, it's a, not pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a, it is actually shorts are a form of skirt. Sort of. They really are. Yeah. They're yeah. just, you if know. If it shows your knee, right? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Then it is socially inappropriate. <laughs> I think that is that's right. yeah. something that we need to make clear. Yeah, I think if right you were now. living in the little town of Tabor, they might actually throw you in jail for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, you've started a Variant Edition, mm-hmm. and you, you teased us all over a period of excruciating months <laughs> before you announced what you were doing. What was the, what was the thinking behind doing it that way? Uh, part of it is just from a logistic standpoint of, is this all going to fall apart? And if it does, what is my contingency plan with all of this teasing? Uh, luckily it did all, all work out. Like the side plan would have been just to write about comics Mm -hmm. for variant edition, which we're going to be doing anyways on our, uh, on our blog area. So, um, that was uh, a lot of the necessity of it was just. Um, part fear and part marketing. Mm-hmm. Well, done. well done. I believe that's how you run a, a small business, part fear and part marketing. Yeah, those are the two only things you need. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe like a building or something. Some customers know. could probably help as well. It depends oh, yeah. on what your, your overall objective is. Mm-hmm. So Danica, how did you get roped into this, this wild ride? 
Um, well, originally it was uh, Brandon's idea. He's been um, thinking about it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I was his girlfriend at the time, very supportive. And I had my own, my own journey. But um, as the months went on, our journeys intertwined. And I realized that I could have a career that I would really enjoy with him. Mm -hmm. And um, so I have a, sort of an organizational background. I, I have looked into design and thought about doing that. Um, so what I'm doing uh, is also, <clears throat> I'm bringing in my organizational experience to the store. Cool. Um, because that can be a huge issue for comic book readers. Um, a lot of people are overwhelmed by, by their collection. And I thought, okay, well, I know how to minimize. I know how to declutter. I can help people out. And so Brandon can, you know, we'll both be selling, of course, but, you know, Brandon's the one that gets them into the problem. And then I <laughs> yeah, yeah. pull them back. That's awesome. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. You are problem causers and solvers. Exactly. I like I, to think so. I mean, and, and, you know, having a, a large comic collection for some people is a great problem to have. Mm -hmm. But it's, I think it's really cool that you guys are doing this thing together. You're married, of course, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so... Uh, rather than come home together or come home to each other, you can come home together. Yeah, exactly. Or you can just stay at the store all night. <laughs> Which is what's been happening lately. Yeah. Uh, my understanding of running a comic book shop is basically get used to just living in the store. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of times. <clears throat> well, we're lucky we have a beautiful space then. Yeah, that yeah. is true. <laughs> uh, I actually have been since they did the soft open. Mm -hmm. It is a very lovely space in a... Uh, out of the way part of the neighborhood, so yeah. uh, which is, which is not to say that it's just some like obscure storefront off in some corner. No, yeah, but no. Uh, it, it's definitely uh, a nice place and a place that I think if you're a comic book fan, you will want to seek out. Oh, awesome! Mm -hmm. Well, and isn't that what we were talking about this before you guys got here? Like mm -hmm. comic book stores, uh, to what degree are they the kinds of place that people walk by and wander in? Um, well, Wizards is. Uh, I was going to say was, but is on a, a place where there's a lot of walk-by traffic. Mm -hmm. And unless you're doing something with the windows, they don't. There's no reason really for them to go in there, right? Yeah. So uh, what we found worked well is just tossing Adventure Time and a bunch of stuff in the windows. <laughs> like things people people realize are, are things and then they go, oh, wait, there's this that I, that I don't have that I haven't experienced. And so they come in. Um, we're we're actually pretty lucky in that we are just a little bit off of two really uh, popular drags like 124th Street and uh, Stony Plain uh, Stony Plain Road. Yeah, Road. Yeah. yeah, and uh, like right around it's you can you can make a day of it and there's basically there's us there's a record store there's like Duchess a little ways Canteen Remedy. Um, city Cellars, which uh, we're going to partake in quite a bit. <laughs> that would be a liquor store. Um, and just so much right and, around there. And there's a synagogue right there. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. so it's perfect. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the, the, you know, you talked about you having the fear in the marketing. Mm -hmm. What, behind the scenes, when you were doing the fearful marketing. Yes. <laughs> the, the teasing. <laughs> what are some of the things that needed to fall into place to actually be able to open the space? Oh God! Um, starts off with like an actual space and loops in with a bit of money. So basically, convincing people to give you money is a, is a big part of it. 
Um, and even fighting, like, once you open a store, you kind of fight a stereotype of, of being a comic store. Um, we're really trying to be, like, very open and well-lit and well-organized and everything like that. Uh, we found there was a bit of resistance in approaching money people, mm -hmm. basically. It was like, oh, a, a comic store? Like, people's... People still read comics. That's Seriously, still a thing? yeah. Wow, yeah, you'd be amazed. Um, it's it's been a long time since there's been a new store in Edmonton, mm -hmm. so there is a, a mixture of complete excitement um, because it's something new and trepidation because any store that's been in Edmonton, well, it's been around forever. Like, what do you have that's different? What do yeah. you have that's special? Yeah. So how do you answer that question? What do you? What does Variant Edition have that that differentiates you from the competition? Well, a huge part is uh, we started off with the look. Um, we chose a lighter uh, paint palette. Uh, we have a bright, beautiful, big space. Uh, a lot of, uh, of course, we are still filling the store with stock at, at this time, mm -hmm. but uh, we will keep it open and airy. Uh, we are, I guess, um, more comparing ourselves to the High Street 124th look okay rather than a stereotypical comic shop right a stereotypical comic shop when i think of one is kind of dingy and cluttered and yeah and cram as much stuff in as you yeah. can mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah cement floors and etc yeah uh the other thing that we're really aiming to do is for product basically we're aiming for readers and not collectors so much so that when we have the product, uh, the idea is to sell it more or closer to cover price to, to get into the hands of readers and then really promote like, new number ones are coming out, get a bunch of copies. If it's hot, don't price it up to $10 mm -hmm. on Thursday, which happens quite a bit. It happened, it happened at Wizards uh, to a certain extent. You'd, uh, someone would say like, oh, this is really hot. And then the next thing I know, I'm being told to price things at $10. Um, which hurts because you have somebody who's really interested in something like this Marvel, which um, blew up in the, in the news and everything like that. And they come in and it's $10. And, you know, a person's first experience is like, oh, this costs 10 bucks? No, I'm not doing this. So they swear off comics because mm -hmm. of the price point, because what they perceive the price point to be. Exactly. Huh. And that's a big problem with the industry in general. Like, variant covers, this covers $30. Well, what's different about it? Oh, the cover and it's $30, like if you come in and you're looking for a book and it is the cover price, you're going to get more people and you're going to get those people returning to you than just being like, oh yeah, no, that's $30. That $30 sale is nice, but a lot of $3 sales over time is better. So I don't see many copies of uh, Game of Thrones that are priced at double the cover price because they slapped a different cover on it yeah. because it's really mm -hmm. popular right now. <laughs> you don't see that very often. No, so exactly. Why, why do they do that with comics? Well, it's, it's really interesting to even to, to bring that up because that you, you're operating in a philosophically different way than every other comic book store that probably exists in Edmonton for sure. Yep, right? absolutely. Like, so you, you're a store for... You, or sorry, your approach to this is to try and get people reading comics. Yeah, it's yeah. not a it's not a necessarily a place, or it's not just a place for the aficionados and the collectors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly, that's incredible. 
Yeah, and it's it's a really big part of our our site. It's why we're doing uh, recommendations and everything. And it's I I do a thing every now and then uh, called a pick three, which is just name any three television shows, movies, or books or combination thereof, and I can pick out a comic for you that you're gonna like. And it works. And uh, at Wizards, I was selling it like crazy. At Variant Edition, I probably will, but haven't done that in the store yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's more than likely, um, it it does crush the stereotype of, a, a lot of people still believe that comics are simply capes. They're simply superheroes. Mm-hmm. And while that is a huge part of it, I believe that there is a comic for everyone, no matter what you're looking for. If you're interested in historical fiction, uh, if you're interested in fantasy, um, if you want an all ages comic, you know, and, and you're our age, but and you don't want to feel like, oh, I'm reading a kid's comic. Shame, shame. Like, mm-hmm. There's no shame. You read what you love. Yeah, exactly. And we want to yeah. get that book that you love into your hands. Mm-hmm. That's well, our goal. That's the whole, that, you just uh, clued into the thing that's, a, that's always been a fallacy. And we talked with a former guest about this with David Gerald when we had him on the show. Yep. There's no such thing as a young adult genre. No. It no. doesn't exist. That is entirely a, 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 an artifact of the publishing industry trying to sell more books. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so it's awesome to hear you guys say that. I love the philosophy mm-hmm. behind the business. So how does that play into the name, Variant Edition? Uh, Variant Edition, uh, I kind of talked about it before. There's covers that will come out that are different. Um, and so we call ourselves Variant Edition uh, to play along with the idea that uh, we are something different. Uh, uh, the contents are uh, generally the same, but the experience that you're going to get is slightly different than what you'd normally find. That's terrific. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. So, so you're working on, you're building up to a grand opening on May 2nd. Mm-hmm. What's involved in that other than getting, of course, stock into the store, which takes time, of course? <laughs> Well, for the most part, it's uh, running around, <laughs> um, tr- uh, really trying to not uh, die before it, it happens. <laughs> Just keeping yourself alive. Yeah, that's the that's the whole thing. Step yeah. one: stay alive. <laughs> Pretty much, and then and then you can go to the other steps, which is uh, what we've basically done. Is uh, I've used a bunch of contacts to try and put a bunch of things together. Uh, we've got an in-store signing of a of a book. We've got uh, David's tea showing up and uh, giving out free iced tea. Uh, it's also free comic book day, which was why we kind of chose May 2nd. It's perfect. Yeah, like it kind of does half the marketing for you. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple other things that will, uh, um, there'll be some cosplayers there. There's going to be cake. Of course. <laughs> uh, it's your it's your first, it's your birthday. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sort of, right? Yeah. <laughs> and if we can hook up another couple things before now and then, that'd be great. But right now, we don't really have that. Oh, that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. What, what has the reaction been from not just, you know, the community of people who, who read comics, but from, from other store owners? Like, is it a pretty good uh, collegial community, friendly, competitive, or is that a, an area we don't want to get into? I, yeah, I will try and answer this as ju- judiciously as I can. Um, what I wanted to do in terms of the competition in the area and, and et cetera, I've attempted, uh, we've attempted, I should say, to foster a really 
uh, work a good working relationship with everybody. Uh, I am on good terms with my former employer at Wizards. I'm on uh, good terms with uh, Jay, at least as far as I know. <laughs> um, and uh, a new store that's in Sherwood Park. Uh, we've talked with them. Uh, nobody. Uh, uh, Brendan is actually on good terms with the Warp Chain, and nobody is really on good terms with Comet King, so that's okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, otherwise, the Edmonton community of comics people have, uh, of comics owners, are mad at each other for both real and perceived reasons, and I did not want to continue that. Okay. Yeah, and we don't have to get into what that is exactly. But. Yeah, that's and that's been my understanding for many years mm -hmm. is that there are these weird feuds that exist between the various comic fiefdoms in Edmonton. Yeah, and it's all so long before us. I mean, we're basically trying to turn a new page. Mm -hmm. I like what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> the new Wink. page thing. Yeah. So, to what degree? Because you guys are also the hosts of the Doctor Hooch podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does this kind of uh, does this new venture take a lot of time away from that or I mean you're married you live together yeah. you work together you're gonna find some time to get into like a little recording closet and, and, and <laughs> do it are you still planning to do the show yeah um, I at the risk of sounding silly I think we'll need it we'll need to, like, to just drink and watch Doctor Who yeah so we might as well turn the mic on anyway <laughs> uh, not to mention that we enjoy it I mean we started it basically because we figured, well, we'll be doing this anyway. We're yeah, exactly. hanging out on our couch, watching a show we love, and having a having a cocktail or three. And yeah, I know. So four, or yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we actually started um, the, the beginning of the podcast shot, I think a couple episodes in. That was interesting. <laughs> and now it's a, a Dr. Hooch tradition. Oh. Start the episode with a shot uh, <laughs> and mix things together. And if they shouldn't go together, all the better for radio. <laughs> yes. If they shouldn't go together, they should go together. Yeah, Agreed. exactly. Yep. That's oh, the yeah. way it works. Mm -hmm. I forgot what my next question was. Shit. Uh, oh, yeah. Why Oliver? Why not uh, the White Avenue area? I imagine there's a, there's a business decision behind that. And oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so tell us a little bit about that. Business and personal. Um, yeah. We've been living in the Oliver area for uh, the last four years, and we love it. Mm -hmm. We don't, don't want to leave. <laughs> um, so it was really just the next step in, in our, our progression, I guess. Did you look anywhere else? We, we did kind of do a cursory looks around the city, and you know, you do your typical, like, we, uh, this would be a great high traffic place, but holy crap, the rent. Yeah. Um, hey, this would be a really great rent, but oh my God, we're going to get stabbed. <laughs> um, and then Oliver is sort of a really nice area that, uh, as we've done our research, is uh, contains the densest community of people in Alberta. In Alberta? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Holy that, shit. That was something I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> we should uh, open a store there. Yeah. yeah. And with more buildings going around, like we're we're just a little ways off of where the brewery district's going in. Mm -hmm. And in the next year or two, that's going to be another artery right by our store. So mm -hmm. And the awesome. LRT is actually going to be built uh, by our store as well. You're kidding. So, I mean, it's like, I just have so many positive feelings already about the location. And mm -hmm. then there's all this other news that's... Makes me happy. Well, yeah, the area is getting kind of built up mm -hmm. as uh, downtown starts to change thanks to them getting rid of certain 
vestigial things that should be gone. Uh, and uh, it, you kind of had an opportunity to get in on the ground floor with that too. Because mm-hmm. by the time a lot of the uh, new population moves into that area, yeah. you're going to be established. Yeah, exactly. People will be able to point to you and be like, you should go there for your comic books or whatever. And, and I'd wager in the location that you guys are in, uh, there's even the potential, because you, you do have the, the, the brewery opening up. Mm-hmm. I think there are other spots where there are some buildings that could be knocked down. Yeah. And redeveloped into, you know, not, not maybe not high rises, but certainly, you know, main floor commercial or business and and residential above it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just so that people know, uh, what is the uh, what's the address for the store if they're looking for it? It's one zero four four one one twenty third Street, and we're just unit uh, one oh two. And you can see a brilliant variant edition sign in the window. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you can. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, uh, grand opening March second. May, May 2nd. May, May, yes. May 2nd. What, March what is month gone. is it? <laughs> <laughs> They're going back in time to grand open. That'll we actually do have a TARDIS in the store, <laughs> yeah, so that's true. possible. Oh, boy. I'm going <laughs> to abuse that privilege. I May yeah. 2nd, which is also free comic book day, so you have no excuse not to go mm-hmm. because they will literally just put comics in your hand and point you back out the door. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> or, or invite you to stay and use the TARDIS. And, and yeah, have yeah. some yep. cake. And have some cake. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and what else uh, is going on for the grand opening? You mentioned a couple things. Yeah, there's going to be a book signing. Uh, it's called The Outside Circle. And uh, Patty and Kelly, who uh, are the writer and artists of, of that, are going to be in store from noon to four. We're open 10 to six that day. Uh, we're going to have cosplayers, uh, free iced tea from David's Tea, and cake. And I'll, I'll be giving recommendations and all that kind of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Cool. And wh- where can people find you guys online? Uh, you can find me at Soupy Toasterson. You can find the store at Variant Edmonton. And oh, and you can find me on Twitter at Danica here. And our store website is VariantEdmonton.com. And if people want to hear your dulcet tones drunkenly <laughs> slur about Doctor <laughs> Who, where can they find that? Uh, we are on Twitter at Doctor Hooch. And you'll find us... Uh, Find that at drhooch.libson.com. There you go. And that'll all be on the Unknown Studios website associated with this post. So thank you guys very much for coming in. Before you go, mm-hmm. we have one more thing to do to you. Oh, Which is no. your favorite part of the show. Oh, my. <laughs> it okay. is. Now, Brandon has already been subjected to a Fast 15, to the yes. best of my knowledge. Yes, yeah. I have. Yeah. Or at least 50% of one. Yes, 50% of one. But, but uh, Danica never has. So this is, the, we're going to do this with both of you. We're going to call this the Fast 16, mm-hmm. and we're going we're gonna to go back and forth between questions. So, so for those of you who are listening and never heard this before, we do this segment where we ask the uh, first 11 questions of all our guests, sorry, the first 12 questions for all our guests are the same, and the last four are wild card questions tailored to each of you. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so we'll start with Danica, and we'll go with Brandon, and then back and forth. Uh, number one, your favorite food? Uh, mashed potatoes. Your favorite color? Red. Mac, PC, or Linux? Uh, I have a PC. Dogs or cats? Cats. Uh, coffee or tea? Tea. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Your favorite sport? None. <laughs> that is valid. Uh, your favorite pastime, Brandon? Reading comics. Of course. <laughs> Danica, your favorite show to binge watch on Netflix? Uh, uh, well, I don't know. Right now we're binge watching Elementary. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, Brandon, your favorite movie? Oh, no. 
<laughs> he was let's, doing so well. Let's go with Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Uh, favorite video game? Um, I actually don't have one. Oh, okay. And uh, Brandon, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Flight. Flight. Mm-hmm. I knew it was It's a good go-to. Now yeah. we're on to our wild card questions. Who is your favorite doctor? Ten. Of course. <laughs> what about early doctors, though? Oh, um, three. Okay. okay. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Brandon seems really surprised by that choice. Oh, no, actually. no. What? Um, he, is, he is actually our, our favorite uh, pre-doctor. He's, he uh, is very interesting. Very oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of classic Who, uh, but what we do have, it's been so much fun to see. Awesome. I'm going to have to get into that, I think. Mm-hmm. Brandon, who's your favorite companion? In Doctor Who? Um, probably Martha. No, 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 no. Donna. Donna Noble. <laughs> yeah. Correct oh, she's answer. The best. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been grounds for divorce. Yeah. You, no, you, really, you really saved your ass there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about early companions? Have you paid very much attention to, to them? Um, just here and there, because we, we really have spotty... Sarah uh, Jane's. Just say Sarah Jane. The history yeah, Sarah has Jane. very spotty <laughs> yeah. records of uh, early Doctor Who. True. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> BBC. So the answer is Sarah Jane, according to Danica. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed it is. Okay, so um, we've got two more. Uh, Danica, is there a comic series that you always recommend to people? Mm, oh, gosh. There's a lot right now. Yeah. Um, name, name a couple, just for my own edification, because mm-hmm. I don't get to read comics mm-hmm. very often. Uh, well, right now, the one that brings me most joy is uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Uh, yes. I laugh out loud. I laugh at the, like every time I read it, <laughs> and I find it delightful. Awesome. Squirrel right. Girl, for those of you who are unfamiliar, is the most powerful superhero in the Marvel Universe. That is very true. She yeah. has, if you can name a supervillain, she has defeated that supervillain. Mm-hmm. Her superpower is that she can talk to squirrels. Yes. Mm-hmm. She has a squirrel named Tippy Toe. Okay. I also think um, I'm also giving her points because I feel like the cosplay options are comfortable <laughs> and good for Alberta Halloweens. There you go. That's that's a great point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Brandon, last wild card question for you: mm-hmm. Is there a comic series that you tend to steer people away from? I know. I know you're like the yeah. guy who recommends the comics. Yeah. Are there any you're like you don't want to read that? Uh, you know what? There aren't. Really? Yeah. Um, and that really comes from my experience of uh, working in the comic store. And I ended up with a rapport with a few customers. Uh, so this is actually the situation where I, I tell somebody that it's a, it's a bad comic. Um, a customer comes in and goes, hey, what about this? And I go, I hated it. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the relationship we worked out was we liked uh, opposite things. Mm-hmm. And that was a, an experience that taught me that I could steer someone away from a series, but it could also be their favorite. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard. Uh, if that person were me, there are a couple that I would steer them away from. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to ask what those are because I think that people should go in to Variant Edition and ask you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, you guys. Good luck with the store. Thank you. I have a feeling uh, that you'll be seeing me and Rachel there 
fairly often. Not awesome. me, though, apparently. <laughs> well, I can't speak for you, Scott. <laughs> but Scott will be there a lot, too. And so will Anita. Uh, Anita and I have already opened a file. <laughs> yeah, the they have. So there you go. So I, I'm, You got in on the ground floor of that. I'm dragging my ass <laughs> is what I'm hearing. Yeah, Basically, is yeah. what you guys should open a file. Okay. <laughs> We're going to do it. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, thank you so much, and good luck. Thank, thank you. you. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, episode 116. Our guests, Brandon Schatz and Danica LeBlanc. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash unknownstudio. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. I think that he is is concerned and and plugged into his community. That's great. I can finish writing this essay about Superman. That's great. I, I can finish getting this tattoo of Superman done. That's great. I'm going to shave Superman into my pubic hair. That's great. I'm going to shave the Superman symbol into my beard. <laughs>